name is Bob Hurt, and welcome to the Baseball Doesn't Fall, Far From the Tree podcast. Hi, this is Bob Hurt. I am your host for the Baseball Doesn't Fall, Far From the Tree. We will be talking with Roger Repose. Roger had a nine-year career in the MLB with the Yankees, Athletics, and Angels, and then enjoyed a successful career over in Japan. Welcome to our podcast, Roger. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, I want to start off, I've, I read something that you had said that your greatest thrill in baseball was wearing pinstripes. Yes. And Walking wh- into Yankee Stadium was unbelievable. Oh, I can imagine. See, I, I, I'm actually calling you from New Jersey, so I've had the opportunity to be in Yankee Stadium many okay. times. Okay. okay, in the old days, when the old... When the facade used to hang out over the top of the field. Right, right. The old, the old stadium was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I, I was at that one also. I was at the old one and, and I think there's been like three different ones since then. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you that. Know, I loved it. It had a short, I was a left-handed pull hitter with a short porch. Well, it, it was made to order, I guess, right? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> now, uh, what was it like to rub shoulders with your, uh, your childhood idols like Mickey Mantle? Oh, it was great. I mean, but in those days, the, the young guys like me, you didn't approach the big guys. Okay. Because, uh, you know, they were like way up there. You know, you never, you never talked to them. They would come to you if they wanted something, but I mean, I was supposed to be his replacement when I came up, because he was on the downhill slide. But he told me one one year in spring training, and he said, I'd give you a million dollars if I had your leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Um, that you were, you know, the uh, the baseball world thought that you were going to be the the next Mickey Mantle, and that you know, I was yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. that's quite a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, it was a hell of a compliment, but I mean, there's no way I could carry Mickey Mantle's jock. You know, he. He was a superstar. Oh yeah. Now I've I've heard stories from some people that said that um he was really good to uh you know like the young players like the the rookies and stuff. Did, yeah, well, did you, but, but, but as I said, we never mixed with the big guys. They were they were on their own level, and we just kind of stayed in the corner because they got all the attention and and they deserved it, you know. Yeah. Now, who were the young players when you, because you came up in what, 64, I guess? Yeah, 64, I came up in uh, for 30 days. Okay. That's when they could expand the roster, so they brought me up. And I was, uh, I'd go in for defense, because I I was a center fielder, and uh, Mantle would not hit again, so they put me in. You know, to, to finish up the game. I see. 7th, 8th, and 9th, whatever. And, uh, that, that year they won, they won the World Series. No, they, they won the pennant. Right.
right. They won 11 straight games and won the pennant one day before the end of the year. Right. And that's how close I got to the World Series because they had, they had me, Mike Egan, and Jake Gibbs. They brought us up. And Tony Kubek broke his hand punching the wall. And so they asked the commissioner if they could add one of the three guys to the World Series roster. Okay. Okay, and so we're in Washington, D.C., and I go in to run for Mantle, and, and Elson Howard hits a single up the middle, and I go from first to third, and I stumbled and ended up diving at first into third base, and Don Zimmer, who everybody is heard about, right. tagged me out, and my hand went under the bag, and when it came up, my hand was dislocated. Oh, okay. So I was out, you know? So I would have been the one that they would have taken to the World Series. So I missed the World Series by that. Now, who who ended up being? The, Mike Hagan, I guess? Or was it Jake Gibbs? Well, and then, so they won the pennant the day before the end of the season. Jake Gibbs caught the last game, got a foul tip, and, and broke his hand. And Mike Hagan went to the World Series. <laughs> Man, that's, that's a lot of bad luck. Two people, right? You, sh- you sure Mike? You sure Mike Hagan didn't have anything to do with that? No, he wasn't even playing. Yeah, he went to the World Series. You know? Wow. And then they got beat by St. Louis. Right. Johnny Keane, St. Louis, beat the Yankees, and the next year Johnny Keane was the manager of the Yankees. Right. Oh, so you played with Johnny Keene was your manager. Huh? Johnny Keene was your manager when you were there in 65 then? Yes, when I came up. I came up in June 65. Okay. Johnny Keene was the manager. And then and then Ralph came after him, I guess? Yeah, they, well, they fired Johnny Keene after that year. And then Ralph Howell came back down as manager. Because I was there, and I started the season in uh, '66 right. with the Yankees, and made it till June, till they traded me to Kansas City. I see. So, did you ever play for Yogi, or you came up after? You know, because Yogi was uh, in '64. No, no, I never played. No, I never. Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah. '64, Yogi was managing. Yeah. Right, that's right, and they fired him, and then they got Johnny Keene from from St. Louis. Okay, right, right. I got that. Now, you know, I also read something that was interesting. Uh, Mickey Owen, the you know the former major leaguer and scout, he wanted to sign you after watching you playing in a tournament, but it was between you and another player. Who was the other player? The, who was the other player in that tournament? Like Mickey Owen wanted to sign you. You were in some type of tournament. Oh, God. oh I know, I know, yeah. I know. It was in the NAIA uh, college tournament in Alpine, Texas. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Baltimore wanted to sign me. And I thought, I'm just getting started, I, you know. So I went back and played another year of college. And then uh, a, a local scout, uh, 
I forget his name. Was it Eddie Taylor? Eddie Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Taylor, yeah. right? Yeah, he was a scout. He, he had uh, Oregon, Washington, Utah. I mean, there was, there's no ball players up there anyway because it rains. Right, right. That's sort of like New Jersey. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said, "Hey, you want to sign with the Yankees?" And I go, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> he says, "We'll offer you four thousand dollars." And I said, wait a minute, Baltimore wanted to sign me for six. He said, let me make a phone call. He made a big deal out of it, you know. Right. Called back and said, okay, we'll give you six. Mm-hmm. So that was my signing bonus. Well, you were probably cutting in, in his uh, commission, right? Isn't that how it used to work? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So that started my career with the Yankees in 1960. Okay. Well, I, I know a uh, a friend of yours that was a teammate. I, I actually had him on this podcast, Ike Fudge. Yeah, Ike Fudge, yeah. 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 We played together a few years. Yeah, that's what I recall. You know, he had yeah. said that she had played a while. You know, yeah. I feel... Ike, Ike never made it to the major leagues. He should have. Oh, yeah. This, this guy could hit. Oh, I mean, he could hit. We played. We played one year where he had like six hundred at bats and struck out four times. I know. Well, I, when when I was talking to him, I uh, brought up a quote that I heard because uh, did you play with Pete Mickelson also in the minors or? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They uh, apparently they were on a plane ride and. Uh, you know, the big guys from the Yankees, and, and I guess at Richmond, I think it, that was the team that he was on. And uh, Pete... That was, their, that was their AAA club, yeah. And Pete said to Mickey Mantle, he says, yeah, he says, Mickey says, this is Ike Futch, and, and he only struck out four times in 600 at-bats. And he goes, he says, heck, he says, I could do that in one game. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said to myself, I said, that sounds like something Mickey, you know, I never met Mickey Mantle, but, you know, read, read a lot that he said. <laughs> you know, um, there was a... No, 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 those, those were the good old days when guys could, you know, talk stuff back and forth. It ain't like it is today. I, I just can't. Almost I can't stand watching baseball today. It, the game has changed so much. It really has. You know, with the analytics. Right. And the, the shift and all that stuff. I remember uh, going to spring training uh, with the Yankees. Cause they, uh, they started me, invite me in 62 because I was one of their best prospects. And you remember the incident that Phil Lentz oh, yeah. had with the harmonica? Yes, I do. Do you know the story? I've heard a couple versions of it. Let me hear your version of that. Okay, my version is we're on the bus and uh, we just lost a game and Yogi's the manager. And Phil Lentz is sitting halfway back in the bus playing the harmonica. And Yogi gets upset, and he says, turn that off! He yells back, turn that off! And Phil Lentz looks at Mickey, and he says, what did he say? 
And he said, Mickey said, play it louder. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it sounds like something Mickey would say, right? <laughs> so Yogi, Yogi got up and slapped the harmonica right out of his mouth. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, that's one of the versions I heard, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, um. I was there. I was there, I saw. Well, then that's the version I'm going to go by then. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, um, I also read that you set a major league record as a non-pitcher for most games in at bats without hitting into a double play. Right. 894. Wow. Wow. Over, over three years. You know, I didn't know I had it. I didn't know I had it. My brother-in-law from, from Washington was uh, watching the Seattle uh, uh, Seattle Mariners game, and they mentioned that Ichiro never hits into a double play. Right. And the announcer said, well, I, uh, I know who holds the record. And uh, somehow they brought up my name. I didn't know how they even found it. <laughs> so my brother-in-law calls me, and he says, do you know you hold a record? I go, no. You know? <laughs> So, I mean, and, and so, so he put me in touch with a, uh, a historic guy in, uh, I think he's in Louisiana, and he did research for me, and I have the official letter that says, yes, I hold the record. Well, you know, that if you think about it, I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, that's an incredible, that's a record that probably will never be broken. I mean, with all the shifts and everything, I mean. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, like you said, with all the, you know, I've talked to a lot of people from the time you played, and uh, they're like, and, you know, I'm 65 years old, and I feel the same way. I mean, some of the new, you know, the rules, the way they play, I, you know, yeah. have a problem. But although they're supposed to change things, but I don't think they're going to change it for, for the better, some of the rules. Yeah, it's it's. I know it's not like the game that I grew up with and and what you played exactly. with, you know. Right, that's right. for sure. Now, uh, same ball game. Yeah. Now, what? Who do you think was the pitcher that you had the most difficulty uh, batting against? You being a lefty. Uh, well, I, I I didn't play that much against left-handers. Right. Sam McDowell. Oh, yeah. Cleveland was nasty. I mean, nasty. I mean, you couldn't. I don't think a left-handed hitter ever hit him. I don't know how. Yeah. The, the weirdest thing is when when uh, the Yankees called me up in '65, uh, we were in Baltimore, and they put me in the lineup against Steve Barber. Oh, okay. Who was a, a, one of their left-handed starters? Right. And they they threw me right in the lineup. Said, "Go get him," you know. Mm -hmm. And in the, the third at bat, I hit a line drive home run off a of barber, which is my first major league hit. I hit it in the Yankee bullpen, so I have the ball on my wall here. Wow, and that was and like you said, you didn't bat against lefties that much, and you bat you got no. your first home run off of one. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. 
Now, where was the Yankee bullpen? I mean, I'm trying to think in the old stadium. I mean, the monument. I remember there was the monuments out on the field. Was the bullpen? Yeah, no, no, no. We, we were in Baltimore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Memorial Stadium or whatever they call it. Uh, I don't know what they call it now, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not there anymore. Actually, it's... Uh, it's like yeah. a lot that's in front of some of apartment buildings. I was just down in Baltimore, and right. Uh, right. I was on a bus trip, and they said, oh, yeah, that's where uh, Memorial Stadium was. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it was hard to hard to uh, vi- envision that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, now, I also, in, in doing my research, I see you played with uh, two Pretty well known, or played for two pretty well known uh, owners. You played for Charlie Finley and Gene Autry, both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. what was what? What can you say about them? I mean, what was different, or was there anything alike with them? I mean, well, Charlie Finley was an innovator. Really, he brought out the the, the green and and. Yellow socks. He wanted to throw a yellow baseball. He right. had uh, Charlie O the mule down in the corner. We went to we went to New York City one time, and he brought the mule into New York City and put the mule into a hotel. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we had yellow socks. Remember, remember the old uniforms? They were yeah. the same pictures. It was. We were like clowns, really. I mean, it was, uh, but I mean, he was, uh, he changed a lot of things. Yeah. Well, a lot of his innovations are actually doing now. I, I can't think off, offhand, except for, except for that, the uh, mechanical rabbit. Were you around for the mechanical rabbit? He had, you, you heard about that though, right? He had some rabbit that used to bring the ball out to the umpire. Used to come out. No. Oh, okay. No. That might have been in Oakland then. Maybe that was Oakland then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, Charlie moved to Oakland and then, because a year later I was traded to the Angels. Right. Gene Autry was a huge baseball fan. I mean, he loved baseball. I, I walk into the clubhouse and Autry comes over and says, welcome to the club. I mean, yeah, he didn't have to, he could have not known who the hell I was. Right. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, that's what I heard of. He had a, there's a story about, we have a, uh, guy, guy's name was Fisher. He okay. was a knuckleballer with Chicago White Sox and he came to the Angels and he was a big, uh, gun fan. Right. And, and Gene Autry came down in the clubhouse and gave him one of his six shooters from his movie. Wow. Yeah, that was Ed, that would have been Eddie Fisher. Eddie, yeah. Fi- yeah. Exactly, exactly. Eddie yeah. Fisher. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Fisher. Now, uh-huh. I've spoke with a, a former teammate of yours quite often, uh, Jim Gosger. Did you play with Gosger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you guys get along? He was he was pretty funny when I talked to him. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He's a good little left-handed hitter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Gosker. Yeah, yeah. He's up there, I think, in Michigan or something. He's uh, I haven't spoke to him in a while, but I remember uh, 
you know, talking to him. Wow, wow. I know I, I, every once in a while I get a, a letter from uh, the Athletics Association, whatever they call it. They want to get together and have a party, but I ain't. At my age, I ain't traveling anymore. Right, right. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. What would, what was it like playing when you were playing for the, cause you played, I'd say the most of your career, you played with the Angels, right? Right, five years. Yeah. Now, how'd you like that stadium? I've been to that state, I've been to that stadium, but it wouldn't have been like the one, you know, when you played. I mean. Right, well, they, they kind of changed it a little bit, but still the same one. Yeah. That, uh, uh, that's why I'm still in California. I came to California from, from Bellingham, Washington, and it's beautiful. I'm sitting in my garage right now. It's <laughs> 72, it's 72 degrees. Wow. Freezing all over, all over the United States. Well, I'll tell you, well, actually, we got some warm weather in New Jersey now. It's like, you know, it's like in the, the 40s. At least it's not windy. It's when it's windy, it's, uh, that's not, not warm. <laughs> it's not warm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now you also played when you were in Kansas City. You played for Alvin Dark. Yep. What was yep. he like as a as a manager? Uh, he, he was a weird dude. Was he really? really? Huh? I said he really. Why would you say that? Well, I don't know if this is uh, uh, good for publicity, but. Alvin Dark was a very religious man. Okay. Supposedly, we thought. Okay. But when we flew on the plane, he never flew with us. Really? He, he, no, he flew on another airline because his girlfriend was a stewardess. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's oh. why I... <laughs> I mean, he, he was, you know, he was having fun on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you get? No. How he got away with that, right? I mean, I'm, you know. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. Oh wow. And then, and then when Kansas City traded me to the Angels, they got Jack Sanford and a kid named Warner who was supposed to be the Angels' next superstar. So they traded me, and soon, and Jack Sanford and Elvin Dark went way back to the San Francisco Giants. Oh, right. They were teammates. They were teammates. And so as soon as he got Sanford, he made him his pitching coach. <laughs> really? And he was... <laughs> I was traded for a pitching coach. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't think that happened all that often. <laughs> uh, now, what was it like playing with uh, for Ralph Halk though? Ralph Halk, I heard, wasn't he an old Marine or something? Or yeah, he was a major in the oh, Second World War. He was a tough MS. Yeah, you know what I mean. I remember when I came up in '64. Was it, yeah, 64, they just got Pedro Ramos, oh, who was okay. a, a right-hander from, uh, I don't forget what team he 
name he came from, but the Yankees picked him up as a reliever, and he was famous for throwing a spitter. He's a Cuban. Right. He called himself the Cuban Cowboy. <laughs> and he had pictures of himself in a cowboy uniform with two guns on and a rope and a, and a, and a whip and everything. But he thought he was, and I didn't know at that time that he used to pack a forty-five everywhere he went. Wow! In those days, and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get away with it. So Pedro is staying at the Concourse Plaza with me, just above Yankee Stadium. You can walk up the street, and there's this big hotel, okay. and we were staying up there. And Pedro says, hey, Royer, come <laughs> down here. And he goes, okay. He says, we're going down to Spanish Harlem. <sighs> okay, I'm the only white guy in the, in the area, right? <laughs> I meet I meet Primo Carnera. You know who that is? Oh, yeah. He's Wasn't he a fighter? He was a fighter, right? He's a, huh? He was a fighter, right? Wasn't he a boxer? No, no, no. Oh. Primo Carnero was a heavyweight boxer. Okay, that's what I meant, yeah. Jack, Dem Jack Dempsey kicked his ass. Yeah, yeah. He was at the bar, and I I, I got to meet him, and I'm, a, I'm the only white guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Oh, I bet. You stood out. You were a... <laughs> You were a, uh, you were probably a popular guy then. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> Nobody knew who I was except Pedro drug me down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, did you have a a favorite teammate when you played, or are, is there anybody you stay in touch with now that you played with? Or? Oh, well, I just got off the phone with Clyde Wright. Oh, really? From the Angels? Yeah. yeah. I, just before you called, yeah. I, huh off the phone because he, he still works for the Angels. Okay. And a uh, hell of a pitcher through a no-hitter. I played in his no-hitter. Right. And he's a good old country boy. Yeah. And he lives uh, about a mile and a half away from me. Okay. So we talk, we talk about maybe once a month, but he's huh. still employed by the Angels. Yeah. And uh, we talk about all the old times that have gone away. Right. Now his sons were the, the rights to play his sons played, Jared, right? Wasn't that his son or Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his son, yeah. 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 yeah Jared, wow. He had, a, he had a nice career. Oh yeah. Well Clyde Clyde had a pretty good career too, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah I think he paid twelve years. Yeah, the apple yeah. didn't fall far from the tree with him and his son. Yeah. I said yeah. the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Now, um, let's see. Oh, we got, this is what I want, I was interested in about the end of your career. You went over to Japan to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you did good. You had a good career yeah, over there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did. When I got, when I got uh, uh, the Angels in 72, at the, at, at the end of spring training, the cut-down date, Del Rice was our manager. And he called me in the office. He said, 
we're sending you to AAA. I said, what? <laughs> you're sending me to AAA? I got seven years in the big leagues and you're sending me to AAA? He goes, yeah, you got an option left. I said, I ain't going. Trade me. But I mean, the last day of, of spring training, everybody's cutting the roster, so there's no openings, right? Right. So I'm making 27000 was the most I ever made in the major leagues. So I said, well, I'm going home. And I went, I went, we were in Palm Springs. I came back here to Fullerton and I sat and I talked about it. And I said to myself, where am I going to make $27,000? If I quit, I'm, I'm, I'm not making any money at all. Right. So I go, okay. So I went back. I played. Uh, three months at Salt Lake. Salt Lake was a AAA team. Okay. But I'm still making it. They got to pay me the major league salary. So I'm up there with Ray Euler and a couple other has been guys. And I'm talking to Les Moss, was my manager. And I said, get me the hell out of here. There's got to be somebody that wants me. There should be. He says, I'm trying. I'm trying. So halfway through the season, the uh, uh, Les Moss comes in and said, uh, uh, Angels are calling you up. I go, it's about time. And you're in Cleveland. You need to go right to Cleveland. You know? So I go to Cleveland and uh, uh, I'm on the bench not playing the game. And the manager calls me over and says, I want to talk to you. And I go, what? He says, we just traded you to Baltimore. I said, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You mean the big leagues? No. They want you to go to Rochester, New York. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which is their AAA team, right? Right. I'm going, oh, my God. So I go to Rochester, New York. I lead the club in home runs in a half a season. I hit like 11 home runs. And I'm figuring, well, Baltimore really wants me, right? So they're going to call me up at the end of the season? They never did. Harry Dalton, you know that name? Oh, sure. He's been around forever. He calls me up and says, Rod, you did a hell of a job. Yeah, we're really happy with what you did here at Rochester. Would you be interested in going to Japan? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> For, now I'm making twenty-seven thousand, right? For thirty grand, we can send you to Japan. I said, put me on the next plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a package deal. Me and Don Buford. Oh, Don, Don Buford was a was a player for Baltimore forever. Right. So him and I go to Japan. And we play for the Taheo Club Lions. Okay. Taheo Club Lions. Sixth game into the season, I foul a ball off my knee, and I split my kneecap in half. Jeez. I was out for half the year. I mean, I mean, I hit it, and I, I walked home that night. The next morning, I go... My knee is swollen up like a watermelon. So they take me to, the, and I see the x-rays, and it's, it's a half inch 
I mean, uh, uh, I mean, eighth of an inch split perfectly in half by kneecap. Wow. Now, in the States, they would have opened me up and put pins and wired it back together. But this was in Japan. So they put my leg in a, in a straight half calf of, uh, uh, cast and they, they taped the front to the back and the back to the front. I have never had a problem with that knee ever. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. But, but I, I, you know, I played like a third of the season. I, I think I hit 12 home runs or something like that. And they released me at the end of the season. You know who they signed to replace me? Who? Frank Howard. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Frank Howard. So they released me. So I'm at home, out of baseball, no money. And the phone rings, and it's from Japan, and it's from a team called the Yakult Swallows. Now, if you look at, at Angel Stadium, right, and you see Yakult, I don't know if you know what Yakult means, but it's got a little, uh, it's got a little uh, drink. But they're also involved in in uh, housing. They have a they have a, a company in. Brazil, they have a company in Korea. I mean, they're big. And right. I'm figuring that's who's going to buy the Angels. Right. Yeah, cool. You, you mean buy them now or you mean buy them back then? Or what? You, huh? you mean buy them now? You think that they're going to buy the Angels? Yeah, the Angels, Angels are for sale. Oh, okay. I just got off the, I just got off the phone with Clyde. They're still on. They're still for sale. Marina wants to sell them. Oh, really? Okay. I think I might have heard that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So anyway, so, so, your Colt calls me and says, how's your knee? And I said, it's great. So, uh, we'll fly you over for a examination and if, you know, if you pass, we'll give you 25,000. I mean, what choice did I have? Right, right. I'm making nothing. I'm making nothing at all, right? Yeah. So, and, and the, the kicker is, this is, this is really funny. When I first went to Japan, the first year when uh, Baltimore sent me over there, I had to go to L.A., and I, it took me two months to apply for a working visa in Japan. You can get a tourist visa. Because as a tourist, you can go there in one day. Right. With a working visa, you got to get a letter from that company to here, to there, back and forth. It took two months. So they fly me over there. I pass the examination on a tourist visa because it was easy. And they said, uh, you're going to have to leave uh, Japan physically so we can get you a working visa. I said, okay. They said, uh, would you mind going to Hawaii for a week? <laughs> <laughs> I said, put me on the next plane. I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> so, so the, I mean, it's all paid for. These guys pay for everything. Wow. So I said, 
Okay, well, whoa, 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 whoa. We have a company, in, we have a coal company in Seoul, Korea. We're flying you to Seoul, Korea tomorrow. I said, okay. So they fly me to Seoul, Korea. They meet me at the airport, pick me up in a limo. And I'm with my interpreter, because I had an interpreter, I have to go everywhere. They right. take me to the, to the factory, they give me a tour, they take me to a nightclub. We have a good time at the nightclub. Go back to the room. The next day, they fly me back to Japan with a working visa. Wow. One day. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, took, it took two months to do it here. They did it in one day. Crazy. I wonder why that is. You think, well, I mean, they must do things different than we, we could. Well, yeah, I know. It's all money. It's yeah. All money. They, you know, they just, it's kind of like the way the government is right now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, all money. Yeah. Now, when you were playing in Japan, did you have a, well, you said Don Buford you went over originally. Did you, did they always carry a, a couple of Americans, or? Well, yeah, the limit there was two. Oh, okay. And then, and then after I, I broke my knee and they released me, and then I went back to Yakult, uh, I played there the first two years. I was the only American on the team. Okay. Yeah. How, how is that? That must be difficult. I mean, you never picked up, I mean, you can't speak Japanese, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Interpreter that went everywhere with me. Wow! Everywhere. I mean, until I, I mean, I had, I had an apartment, a Western-style apartment, which I can't imagine how much it cost. But all I had to do was lock the door and go home during the winter, and it was there year-round. Wow! I could leave everything that I wanted to be left there, and come home and go back there the next year. And it was my apartment again. Wow. That it was crazy. Oh, absolutely. Now, did you ever get into um, eating the Japanese food? Oh, yeah. I love, yeah. I love huh? sushi, yeah, all that stuff. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I still, I, I still eat it today. Sashimi, sushi, yakitori, wow. whatever. Well, that's like my, I have, um, I have three children. I adopted them from Korea. So I've gotten into like Korean food and, uh, I've been, you know, I've been over to, uh, Korea a couple times and stuff, but, uh, yeah, Asian food's pretty good. I mean. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had bulgogi? Yes, of course, bulgogi, of course. <laughs> In, in the complex I live in right here, there's 267 units, and I guarantee you, at least half of them are Korean. Yeah. And I got a neighbor who just brought me bulgogi yesterday. Oh, man. And, you, and you've had it before, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about kim did you eat kimchi or... No, no, kimchi is a little too uh, oh, yeah. strong for me. That's it. Uh, cabbage. Yeah, spicy cabbage. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like spicy hot things. So, uh, 
Yeah, I I eat a lot. Actually, I do. I have a jar of kimchi in my uh, refrigerator right now. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Yeah. Well, you know what's you know what's funny about kimchi, and I don't mean to get off on food, so but I do love food. Um, when we went over to Korea, like the first time, they put. I mean, uh, kimchi is the uh, Korean national dish. And you have breakfast, you always have kimchi there. You have lunch, you always have kimchi there. You have dinner, you always have kimchi. So I got into, you know, the kimchi and stuff. Now, um, did you, uh, did you have a, a, a Japanese teammate that you, um, got close to? Was there anybody who could speak English or, you know, how? Uh, most of them, most of them couldn't. But I mean, I mean, everything that had to be translated came from the man. The manager would call the interpreter over and talk to me, right? Know, and and vice versa. But I knew if I said something that the uh, interpreter didn't like, I know it never got to the manager. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what kind of word that might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, but, but Japan was fun. I mean, I had a good time over there. I mean, everything was paid for. Cleve Boyer was already there. Oh, okay. Played with with the Yankees. He was already playing for the Taiyo Whales. Wow. And and uh, so uh, Cleve had a we we get together. And have a party because there's there's two sixteen leagues central and uh, whatever the other one was. Right. right. Anyway, there's two leagues, and there's, so there's only like you're talking about twelve players, right? Right. So we would get together at Cleek Boyer's apartment in Tokyo. Tokyo had six teams in Tokyo. Six of the twelve were in Tokyo because it's such a big city. Oh yeah, and we'd get, get together at his apartment and party, you know. Right. And at that time, was Clyde Wright was there. Okay. Clyde came from the Angels. He was playing for the Euromare Giants. Davy Johnson. Oh there, yeah. Cleet Boyer, Charlie Manuel, me, and we. We'd sit there and, and, and uh, you know, party. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because you were, you were in Japan, what, five or six years? Five. Five years, yeah. right? Five okay. years, yeah. I had, a, I had 122 home runs over there. And that was more than you hit in the American League, right? I mean, you hit, course, what, 82? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Now, uh... I mean, it, it was, uh... It was a trip. It was a, a, a special, different type of baseball because if, if if I came up with men in scoring position, I never got anything to hit. Oh, really? Yeah, you because know, I was a, they call it, if you, if you know Oriental, I'm a gaijin. Oh, okay. No, I don't, but okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a gaijin. And that means, it means you're not going to beat us. I don't care what you do, but you're not going to beat us. <laughs> so, so 
game were playing the Yermary Giants. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, I remember with Sadaharo O playing yeah. first base. And I come up with the bases loaded in a, I think it was a tie ball game. And the first pitch the guy throws me, because they all, they all threw the uh, splitter, fork ball splitter. Oh, yeah. Whatever. They wouldn't throw you a decent ball to hit. And the first ball almost bounced. Right. And the umpire said, strike one. Oh. <laughs> I went, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I got so pissed off. I knew that they were, <laughs> I was not going to get anything to hit. And he was going to call anything. It was close to strike, you know. So the next one almost bounced, I swing and miss. Next one almost bounced, I foul it off. The next one doesn't do anything. It floats right there. I hit the shit out of it. I hit the grand <laughs> slam. <laughs> it took me ten minutes to get around the base. <laughs> I mean, and I got a picture in my album here because over there they, they had cameras everywhere and they would give me a, a photo and this thing was posted on a wooden board of Sadaro looking at the right field wall and I'm behind him coming out of the batter's box with my hands over my head you know <laughs> and I, I, I took it to him and he signed it for me wow yeah. You still have that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, Sarah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to start wrapping this up a little bit, but I want to ask, okay. I want to ask, um, what was, what do you consider to be your biggest accomplishment in baseball, either in America oh. or in Japan? Yeah, what do you consider like your biggest accomplishment? You know, what what would you like to be remembered for? What do you think you did that, you know? Uh, playing playing for the New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, that's, I mean, that's they're legends. Oh, sure, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I I I tell you, I never thought I'd ever make it. No. Wow. Well, you know, it's it's funny that, um, yeah, I guess I take, you know, I take the Yankees for granted, well, for granted, I guess, because I grew up around them. But there was a guy that um, that I had on the show, Marty Appel. I don't know if you know who he is. He used to be the uh, in charge of, uh, he was the director of public uh, relations. Uh, this would have been after, I guess, you played there, but... His start when he first started there was to answer the fan mail, fan mail for Mickey Mantle. And it was at the end of his yeah. career, I guess the late sixties or something. But I asked yeah. him at the end of our interview, I says, uh, you know, what was your biggest accomplishment or what is the thing you're most proud about in, in being with, uh, baseball? He goes, Oh, that's easy. He says, Mickey Mantle knew my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that just yeah. tells you the, the power of the pinstripe, right? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. There's a story about Mantle that I, I tell all my friends. We're in Tampa Bay because uh, we used to spring 
train in Fort Lauderdale, they went and we'd take a week trip and go to the other side of Florida to play Tampa Bay and play the teams over on the, on the Gulf Coast side. And we're in the Gaslight Lounge. And we're sitting around the bar. And, every, and it's a, like a piano bar. Because in those days, everybody used to hang out together. Now they don't. Right. But they used to hang out together. And Maris and Mantle are sitting over in the corner in a booth with two gorgeous blondes. Right. That they, that they brought in from Miami. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So, so we're sitting there, and because in those days, like I said, in spring training, I'd go in when Mantle wasn't going to hit anymore. I'd go in and finish the game for him. So the girls get up and go upstairs. So Mantle walks by the bar, and I says, Hey, Mick. <laughs> he goes, What? I said, when can I go in for you? <laughs> <laughs> he says, if my legs give me any problem, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a typical Mickey Bell. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, do you have any regrets about your career? Is there any, you know, anything that happened during no. your... No. No. No, no. I, I felt I was lucky to get through 17 years. Wow. Excellent. No. Now, my, my last question is, if you were to start your career over, is there anything that you would have done different? No, no. I mean, mm -hmm. I was just a ball player. I mean, all I wanted to do was play ball and play hard. Wow. And I was lucky enough to get where I got. Yeah. Now, yeah. what what do you do? I mean, you're, re, you know, obviously you're retired now. What do you, you know, how do you spend your day? I mean, what is retirement well, like? Well, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting in my garage talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what my day is. I mean, after I got out of baseball, I didn't know what to do because I had no skills. Right. I ended up. Uh, through a friend of mine uh, hooked me up with a carpet mill and I spent 26 years in the carpet industry. Okay. And I started out in quality control. Okay. And I ended up running manufacturing. It was a, man, was a manufacturing mill and I spent 26 years there till 2008. Oh, wow. And after, after that, yeah. So what do you, you're in uh, Fullerton, you said? Fullerton, California? Yeah, Fullerton. California. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I had a, uh, well, a sister-in-law of mine that's retired. She was a uh, professor at, was it Fullerton State? I mean, that's... Well, it used to be Fullerton JC. Okay. And then, and then Cal State Fullerton. There's two colleges. Oh, okay. Oh, JC yeah. would be the junior college, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's the, I think, I think from what I understand, I, that's where she taught at, and her husband was also a professor, but I think he might have been at Cal State Fullerton and stuff. Yeah. All right, Roger, well, you, you have any big plans for Thanksgiving, or? No, no, no. I'm not going anywhere, and we're 
just going to sit here at all. Okay. Well, that's that's not bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, I got to I got to go hey, uh Hey, today in today's world, you want to stay off the street. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Terrible. I'm, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, it seems like every day I'm see, I'm hearing about a mass. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. every day. I mean, there was one yesterday, right? Walmart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go anywhere. I mean, I'm I'm so, thinking. Uh, so let's uh, let's defund the cops. Yeah, what a yeah, great move. yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Terrible. All right, Roger. Thanks for taking the time out. All right, I'll talk to you. Maybe talk to you later. All right. Call me anytime you want. Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. The phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, is meant to indicate how children's qualities and talents are similar to their parents. So to honor my dad and his influence on me concerning baseball, I named this podcast the baseball doesn't fall far from the tree in his honor. If you have any questions about today's program, you can contact us via email at rvhurte at gmail.com. And if you're interested in our new book, Intelligent Influence in Baseball, you can also send us an email and we will let you know how you can order it. In the immortal words of the famous baseball journalist, Red Smith, baseball is a dull game only for those with dull minds.